All right, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. So this is the first Dean Essentials class. We got nine classes, okay? Or is it 12, actually? So uh, Yusuf, open up to hadith number one. These are the most important hadith that the Prophet, peace be upon him, ever taught, okay? Read to hadith number one. Yusuf, where's your notebook? I didn't bring one. You signed up for a class and you didn't bring a notebook. Or a pen. You can sit there, yeah. How's it going, man? This guy's the guy in a notebook. You sign up. You sign up for a class, and you waltz in. What are you gonna take notes in your head? Are you that smart? Yeah. All right, read. This is the one on page 18. Hadith number one, it should say. What does it say? Translation of Imam Nawawi's introduction. Let me see. Come again. This book uh, on the table. All right. If you're here for explorers, you don't need to get a book. If you're here for Dean Essentials, then get a book. All right. We're studying today the most important hadith that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said. You got that? Comes without a notebook. All right. Go. Go. All right, if you have a pen, take notes inside the book if you can, or borrow a piece of paper from your friend, like someone who actually does the job right. Wissam, okay? All right, Wissam, why don't you hand out paper to everyone else who doesn't have paper? And who needs a pen? You all need a pen? Unbelievable. Sign up for a class, don't bring a pen. Uh, Hamza, could you bring, we got four delinquents here who didn't bring pens to class. They signed up for class, they didn't bring a pen. Could you go to the office and, uh, here, and get pens for these delinquents? There you go. All right, who is Omar ibn Khattab? Omar ibn Khattab is the second Khalifa after the Prophet, peace be upon him. And he became Muslim because he first sought to kill the Prophet, peace be upon him. Omar ibn Khattab, when the Prophet was 40, Omar was 26. So how many years difference is that? 14 years difference. He's younger. Omar ibn Khattab was the tallest of the companions. So much so that if he was riding on a horse, he would stop the horse with his feet. Right, he could stop. So how, how high is a horse, right? So basically, that's the size of his waist. That's where his waist is. He would stop a horse with his feet. Okay. Then Omar, the type of person that he was, he was emotional and strong. And when he set his mind to something, no one could stop him. And what he set his mind to was to stop the messenger, peace be upon him. To stop the prophet, peace be upon him. Okay. He didn't like people to mess with the traditions that the Arabs had. So what did he do? He set out one day and he sharpened his sword and Omar was the type of person who was never shy about what he was about to do. He set out and another Muslim saw him. So he said, Omar, and he thought to himself, Omar, his face is red, his sword is out. What is he about to do? He said, Omar, what are you about to do? 
He said, I'm going to kill Muhammad. Okay. So then what do you think this man did? What can he do? He then said to Omar, he said to Omar, why don't you go first and stop your own family from accepting Islam because your sister is a Muslim. So he got angry, he became furious, and the man's plan worked. He distracted Omar fast enough. He sent him off to his sister's. He went to his sister's house. Now, his sister had married a, a man who was a Sahabi by the name of Sa'id ibn Zayd. They were distant relative of Omar. That's who his sister married. So immediately when he got there, Sa'id, he was so scared when he, when he heard Omar banging on the door, he hid in a closet. His sister, though, opened the door. And he started yelling at her, telling her, what are you doing? Why are you following this man? What's gotten into you? And she answered back. He said, what is it your business? And you're an, you're an, you're, you're an ignorant fool. He got so angry, he smacked her with a backhand. Knocked her down, and she started bleeding. When he saw that she started bleeding, he felt really bad. Yeah, how could you? You're a man, seven, eight foot tall. This is how big Omar was, seven or eight foot tall. Huge hands, deep voice. Knocked her down, and he, she's bleeding. She's a smaller woman. Then he felt bad. He became so upset with himself that he sat down. And he said, explain to me exactly what made you follow this man and become a Muslim. She said, I have some pages of the Quran. He said, let me read it. She said, no. You're a mushrik as a pagan. You have to go take a ghusl before you touch the Quran. So he then went, took a cold shower. And what happens when you're angry and you take a cold shower? He calmed down. So he calmed down. He came in back very calm. Very calm. And he picked up the ayahs and it was Surah Taha. He recited three ayahs. He put it down and he said, this isn't the words of a human. This is the words of a creator. Immediately he became Muslim. Just like that. Okay. In the meantime, that man, he had went to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and they were studying in a place called Darul Arqam, a house of a man named Arqam. So house is Dar, so Darul Arqam, the house of Arqam. And in this place where they were studying, okay, uh, the man knocked on the door. He said, Omar is coming with his sword, so be very careful. So they all started waiting, watching, waiting for Omar to come. Okay. Then finally when they arrived, they heard two soft knocks on the door, very light knocks on the door. So they said, it's strange because you said Omar's coming with, his, with anger and with a sword, but his knock is very light. They opened the door. The Prophet said, hold on, I'll open the door. He opened the door. Then he grabbed Omar and he said, isn't it time for you to submit to the truth? And Omar was calm like a lamb and he submitted to the truth and immediately became Muslim. Okay, immediately became Muslim. So this is the type of person that Omar was. He was the 41st convert to Islam. There were already 40. Omar was number 41. So this is the person who is telling us this hadith. All right, keep going. Our actions are above by intent. 
intention, and every man shall have the, that which he intended. Thus, he whose migration was for Allah and his messenger, his migration was for Allah and his messenger. And he whose migration was to achieve some worldly benefit or to take some woman in marriage, his migration was for that for which he migrated. Okay, so we're going to study today nine issues. We're going to try to get to nine questions about intention. All right? An intention is something that you say in your head that you intend to do something. You, you have the intention to do something. All right? Does anyone have a question about what an intention is? All right? Is it clear what an intention is? All right. Actions are by intentions means that your actions that you do are of two types. Two types of actions. All right? You pass paper around? Pass, yeah, pass paper around, pass pens. Where are the pens? Go and find Hamza and find where the pens are. Yeah, go. Go and find where the pens are uh, for the people who didn't bring pens because you're going to get lost. By the way, all of you, you all know how to use computers? Okay, there's an app, an application, a software called Canvas that you're going to go on and you're going to find the lecture there. Okay, and you're going to find the audio recording of the class there that you need to listen to it at least once during the week or read the notes once during the week. Okay, for you to take the quiz the next week. The two types of actions we do are regular human actions and acts of worship. All right, acts of worship. Like salah, psalm, fasting, hajj, prayer, all these things. Okay. If you do a good action and you don't make an intention, you get your reward in this life. Okay? You get your reward in this life. If you do a regular action like holding the door for someone or giving food to someone or something like this, a regular action that Muslims and non-Muslims do, believers and disbelievers, they all do these good deeds. You see disbelievers, non-Muslims, they do someone who's a kafir or a, doesn't believe in Allah and his prophet, they still do good deeds, right? They do good things. Allah promises, anyone who does anything good will have the reward of it in this life. All right? And what does it take in order to have that reward in the next life? You have to make the intention. Okay? You have to intend it for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal. Okay? If you make the intention, if you do a regular mundane act, like throw something in the garbage from the street, hold the door for someone, all right, or be good to someone, or visit someone, or give a gift to someone, and you make the intention that this is for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal, so that Allah is watching me and He'd be pleased with this action, at that point, you get your reward in this life and in the next life. All right, Yusuf, how, what are the two actions divided into? We do, all of our human actions are divided into two, mundane and ritual worship. Mundane action is what? Regular human actions, holding the door for people, going to school, making breakfast, cleaning up after dinner, vacuuming your house, doing your bed, doing chores for your mom. Regular human actions are called mundane actions. Okay? And anyone who does such an action, Allah promises, He will guarantee them a reward. Okay? Guaranteed a reward. 
in this life. In this life. You'll get the reward of it in this life. But if you make the intention of such a mundane action to be for the sake of Allah, then you get your reward in this life and in the next life. So anytime you do a good deed, you're wasting it unless you make the intention. You gotta make you make an intention. Allah is watching me. I'm doing this deed so that Allah watches this and sees this and is proud of what I'm doing. Then you get the reward in this life and in the next life. All right. Raise your hand if you have any questions. No, you put your hand down. What is it? Oh, Hamza's got it. Okay, good. Everyone get this so far? So the two types of actions that humans do are what? Mundane and ritual worship. You got it down? All right, the next type of action is an act of ritual worship. The type of action that no one would do except a Muslim. Like what? Prayer. No one's going to do Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, and Aisha. No one is going to fast the month of Ramadan except a Muslim. Right or wrong? Oh, that boy just did a good deed. Well done, young man. All right. No one is going to do those types of deeds except he's a Muslim, right? You would never think to pray Fajr except that you learned it from Islam. Such an action, such an action, you must, it's obligatory to have the right intention, right? If you pray only so that people could see you, if you do anything, come to a class only so that your mom could say, okay, you're a good kid. If only you do a, an action like that, Allah doesn't accept it. You must do it only for Allah Azza wa Jalla. That means whether people see you or don't see you, you would still do it. You have to develop your relationship with Allah Azza wa Jalla by saying to myself, why am I doing such an action? All right? If you find, what is the sign that you have a good intention? Is that whether people see you or don't see you, you still do it because you're not doing it for people. This type of ritual worship, like salah, like fasting, like learning, sitting in a, in a class of knowledge, memorizing Quran, doing any of these types of actions, okay? If you do them for other than Allah Azza wa Jal, then Allah counts it as a wrong action. What is it called? Riyah. Write it down. Riyah, which is also known as lesser shirk, shirk al-asghar. Are you praying so people could see you? Then it's as if you don't even worship Allah. You're worshiping someone else. Okay? Are you seeking knowledge for some other reason or only because Allah is watching you and Allah Azza wa Jal said that guidance is through knowledge? So every action that you do from here on, big or small, you must ask yourself about your intention. Okay? You must ask yourself about your intention. Okay? So let's go over it again. All of human actions. What's your name, sister? Layla. Layla. All of human actions. What are they divided into? Mundane, Mundane and? Ritual worship. Mundane actions. Tell me, what is the situation about intention when it comes to mundane actions? Yeah. Good. If you're doing a mundane action and you don't make an intention, Allah has still guaranteed He will give you your reward in this life. But 
if you make the intention for Allah you will get your reward in this life and the next so regular good deeds you're winning winning either way but you need to make the intention in order to maximize it because the reward of this life is very small the reward of the next life is very big now ritual worships Wissam ritual worship okay tell me about intention is it optional or required it's required and if you if your intention is wrong for an act of ritual worship, then what is that? What do we call that? Riya. Riya. That means worshipping Allah for the opinion of other people. For the sake of the opinion of other people. And this is a big problem. Right? This is a big problem. Alright? Okay. Hmm. If, if the worst human being on the earth does something good, then Allah Azza wa has promised, Allah says, I am just. Anyone, what does it mean that Allah says, I am just? Any action that anyone does that is good, He's going to reward it. In this life, not in the next life. So you see people who give charity in millions of dollars, Right? Allah will give, He will reward them in this life. Why? They don't believe in the next life and they didn't do it for the next life. They did it for this life, right? Or for whatever reason. So He will give them the reward in this life. Alright? So this is why every action that you take, you make an intention for it. And you can make multiple intentions for it. Okay? Alright, now let's go to point number two. All of that was point number one. What is point number two? Point number two is this. What does this hadith not mean? What does it not mean? Many people make a mistake and they say, all right, whatever action I do, my intention was good, so Allah should accept it. All right? What action does Allah accept and what action does Allah not accept? Okay? Allah Azza wa Jal only accepts the action that is done as he has taught the Prophet, peace be upon him, how to do it. Alright, so prayer. Are you allowed to pray however you want? And say that's prayer? You can't. You have to have sincerity and be upon the sunnah. Okay? For Allah to accept your action, you have to be sincere. In other words, you got your intention right. And you must be upon what? You got to do it according to the sunnah of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Okay? These are two things. So, someone who prays wrong, and then we say to him, brother, you're not praying correctly. He says, well, Allah knows my intention. It's not acceptable. You have to do it the way Allah wants. Tell me something. If you went to a restaurant, and you're paying $30 for lobster, okay? And the chef then brings you crab or he burns your lobster, or he brings you lobster with too much salt, or he cooks it, he grills it, and you wanted it broiled, what are you going to do to the waiter? You're going to send it back, or are you going to just take it? You're going to send it back. Has this ever happened to any one of you? Someone got the order wrong at the restaurant. It happens at least once in your life, right? What if the waiter comes back and says, we're, sorry, we're not going to take it back because the chef intended it to be good. He made the intention 
to cook it the way you want it, but it didn't turn out that way. So you have to accept it. Are you going to accept it, yes or no? Right? So likewise, if you pray incorrectly, you make wudu incorrectly, you treat people incorrectly, even though you have a good intention, it's not enough that you have a good intention. You have to get it right. Okay? So you have to get your acts of worship correct. And this is why we have to study the subject of, known as what? Fiqh. Fiqh, okay, is the subject... Fiqh is the subject that teaches us how to pray properly, how to fast properly, how to treat our parents properly, how to talk properly, all that. It's called what? Fiqh. And how to have the right beliefs. What do we call that? Aqidah. So we study these things because you got to act the way Allah taught us to act. All right, what if I use this computer underwater? What's going to happen? So it's going to be ruined. What if I say, look, I bring it back to the store and I tell Apple, right, here you go. A computer doesn't work. And they say, well, did you put it underwater? I say, yeah, but I didn't intend to. I didn't mean to put it underwater. It doesn't matter whether you meant it or not. If you drop your phone in water, they're not taking it back. That's your problem. Likewise, so this hadith, what it, does it not mean? It doesn't mean that just because you have a good intention that Allah has to accept all your actions. No, it doesn't work like that. We have to follow the ways of the prophets. All right, that's point number two. All right, point number three. Can you change your intention halfway through an act? Okay. Only for mundane actions, not for ritual worship. For ritual worship, like fasting, prayer, you have to make your intention before you begin. Okay? You can't pray. So I say, Allahu Akbar. And you start praying. And after two rakahs, you're like, ah, what is this? Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib. Well, let's just make it Aisha. Right? You can't do that. So for ritual worship, you have to make your intention before you begin your act. Okay? However, for mundane work acts, you can change your intention even if it's 20 years later. So like what? You can say, you can be a doctor, and you can save people's lives for 20 years, but you never once thought to do this to please Allah Azza wa Halfway through your life, you learned that there's something called intention, and there's something called reward. So what do you do? You say, oh Allah, I make all of that action that I've done in the past, I, I ask you to put it in my reward in the next life. And I don't want any reward in this life. Right? You can say this. You can intend for it backwards. You can make your intention backwards. So let's say you've been doing something good for all your life, but you never made the intention. Right? If it's a mundane act, you can take that action right, and retroactively activate your intention, and Allah accepts that. Okay? So, let's do a quick review. How many types of actions are there that human beings do? Two, what are they? Someone call it out. Mundane and what? Ritual worship. Mundane, you're going to get your reward either way in this life, okay? And if in the next life, you will only get your reward in the next life if you make the intention. And this mundane acts, the good and the bad, the hypocrites, the munafik, the kafir, everyone will get his reward, okay? 
you know Iblis. He used to worship Allah for thousands of years as a good believer. Then he became bad. Alright? Does he get his reward? Allah Azza wa Jal, he said to Allah, Oh Allah, you said you're just. I worshipped you all those years. Where's my reward? He said, ask what you wish. Iblis said, I want my reward to be to live until the end of time and to not be seen by humans and to be able to whisper to them. Allah said to the angels, give him what he asked for. And that's his reward. As soon as the world ends, he doesn't have any reward in the afterlife. He asked for only reward in this life. All right? Now, ritual worship. If we do ritual worship for other than the sake of Allah, what do we call that? Riya. Riya, showing off. All right? And it's as if you're worshiping someone other than Allah Azza wa Jal. Ritual worship, can you do it without an intention? No, you cannot do it without an intention. It has to have an intention. Okay? It has to have an intention. So then we said, <coughs> point number two was, what this hadith doesn't mean. doesn't mean that anything that you have a good intention, all right, for your ritual worship, that Allah has to accept it. No, you have to do it the way the Prophet, peace be upon him, told us to do it. Number three, can you activate your intention backwards? Yes, you, only for mundane actions. Mundane actions only. You can say, all that action I used to do, I now make it for Allah's sake. Question, point number four. Everyone's writing this down. Is your pen working? All right. Point number four. Can intentions change? The answer is, of course, yes. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, intentions are like clothes. They wear out. They get worn out. Every time you come to a class in school, in the beginning of school, what do you say? You get your books ready, you get your pens ready, you go buy some new sneakers, you go on the first, you get a, you get a, a binder to, to take all your notes, you go on the first day of class with the intention to pay attention, to take notes, to write the homework down, to do great in school, right or wrong. Everyone does this. By the end of the week, it's, it's gone. By the end of the week, you're throwing your books, you forgot your book in the locker, you're not doing your homework, you're do doodling all over your notebooks, you hate your teachers. All, everything's finished by the first week, right or wrong. So, intentions change just like clothes. You go out and buy a, a new piece of clothes. How long are you excited about it for? One day and one night. By the end of the week, you're throwing it in the bathroom, you're playing in the dirt with it, you're wearing it, right, uh, to, do, to mow the lawn, and it's done, it's finished. It's no longer exciting anymore, right? So we, our hearts always change. So if you make an intention, shaitan is going to test you. Shaitan is going to try to change your intention. Okay? The first type of people that shaitan tries to attack is who? Someone who makes the intention to seek knowledge. Knowledge is the most thing that shaitan hates. He hates for you to learn about your deen. If Allah wills good for someone, what does he do? He educates them in the religion. So once you tread the path of learning about your deen, who is going to be your enemy? Shaitan. He's going to be your enemy. And he's going to try to make you change your intention. So what do you have to do? You have to fight hard to correct your intention. All right? And to keep your intention clean. All right? And to keep your intention strong. All right? Keep your intention strong. So now leads us to point number five. How do we 
correct our intentions. If I started off good, and now my intention is starting to go in different directions, how do I make sure that my intention is on the right track? All right? The answer is very simple. A couple things. Number one, I rectify my intention by remembering death and afterlife. If you do not believe in death and afterlife, you're not a Muslim. Ask yourselves, do you believe that when you die, Allah is going to put your body back together and ask you about your actions? You have to say yes. Whoever doesn't say yes to this is not a Muslim. You are now reaching the point of bulugh. What is bulugh? Bulugh is adulthood. Once you hit puberty, now Allah is starting to take you seriously. He is going to take you seriously now. You're an adult. We don't wait. Allah doesn't wait to age of 18. Allah doesn't wait until you get your driver's license. Allah doesn't care about these things. He cares about bulugh. Okay? A boy or a girl reaches puberty. Okay? Then you are a man or a woman in the sight of Allah. So you have to ask yourselves, I, I am born into a religion that tells me there's an afterlife. Do I believe it? Yes or no? You've got to answer this question. Because if you say yes, now we can talk. But if you can't say yes, you need to think about it. Because khalas, you're reaching bulugh. Right? You're reaching adulthood. You can't be a hypocrite. What is a hypocrite? Someone, he's doing Islam just because his mom and dad told him to do it, but he really doesn't believe it. You don't want to be one of those. You want to be one of those? You better fix it quick. Okay? Now, you correct your intention by remembering death and afterlife. Who here has ever met a family or heard of someone who died before the age of 25? Think about that. How old are you all? 17? 16? 14? Who here has met someone who's died before age 20? Alright? Who here th thinks, has met someone who's never died? Everyone's going to die. You're going to die. So you need to prepare for it. Whether you die now or later, you are going to die and meet Allah. You better prepare for it. You better prepare for it. Okay? If you believe it's going to happen, we all, everyone's going to die. That's a fact of life. And if you believe you're going to meet your Creator, you better make Him happy before you die. Okay? You better make sure you're on the good side of things before you die. Alright? Next, you think, uh, you read the biographies of the Prophets and the Sahaba and you hang out with people who are more advanced in religion than you. Because they have practiced their intention and testing their intention and checking their intention, you read their biographies of the Prophets. Read about the Sahaba. Read the Qur'an. If you can't read it in English, read the translation. If you are like this new generation of kids who don't know how to read, okay, all you know how to read is text messages, you don't even do that anymore. You snap back and forth to each other, right? We've put it on you at Safina Society YouTube, the whole Qur'an, you could listen to it. You could download the whole Qur'an listening. Download it to your phone and listen to it on your bed when you sleep. You can hear it in English being read to you on, YouTube on the YouTube channel uh, backslash Safina Society. Okay? So you can hear it, listen to it while thinking, taking it seriously. 
All of this will help you get your intention back in order. Okay? So that's point number five. How do we fix our intention? By thinking about death. By When you do these things, let me tell you something. If I tell you I want you to eat dinner at my house at, what time is it now? 6.30. If I say I want you all eating dinner at my house at 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock, does it make any sense for you to go have dinner at 7 o'clock? doesn't make any sense. Why? What does your mom always tell you? Dinner is in an hour. Don't eat. Why? Your stomach only has this much room. Okay? You can't fill it. You're saying your grandma's coming over for dinner or special guests are coming. Don't eat so we can have dinner together. Your stomach has a limited space, right? Your phone, how much stuff can you download on your phone? You have limited space on your phone. Your computer, can you be just download all day? You can't. There's limited space on your machine. Likewise, in your heart and in your mind is limited space. There's a limit. If you want Allah Azza wa Jal an afterlife to be in your heart, something's got to go. If you want a big file to be on your computer, you get a job. Your boss says, bring your computer. I want you to download this software. It's going to take a lot of space on your computer. What are you going to do the night before? Empty space. I got to empty space. I got to look at what's really important and what's not. Let me tell you what's going to be, what's going to ruin your ability to travel the path of religion. Your bad friends. In school or wherever, or your cousins, or your family that are taking you the opposite way. you got to ask yourself, which person is helping me and which person is in the way? What actions of mine are helping me and what actions need to go like a file that needs to be deleted? You downloaded a cute little picture of a kitten. It's got to go. Delete. Empty the trash bin. You downloaded a video okay, of the NBA playoffs last year. I watched it. Delete. Likewise, you got to go in your head. What is my life? A list of things. Family, school, maybe you play basketball, maybe you play whatever, all right? You play video games, you got to list stuff, something's got to go. Delete, all right? Don't be afraid to delete, all right? Delete stuff. I delete stuff all the time in my head. I write stuff down. Got to go, okay? A lot of stuff has to be deleted. So that you could do things right. Okay. Is this enough for today or you want to take one more point? We have nine. Should we do all nine? Alright, let's do all nine. Because next week it will be shorter and we'll review. What is the, number six now, what is the sign of a good intention? What is the sign of a good intention? There are three things that are the sign of a good intention. Number one, your actions are all halal, in agreement with Allah and His Prophet. Your action is not haram. You cannot do something good by doing something haram. Okay? Let's say you want your friend to become, you want to help your friend out. Let's just say something reasonable, like my friend, he asked me for help in math, so I'm going to help him in math. So you call him, where, hey, where are you today? I'm at the party. Alright? Whose house is that in? So and so. Okay. You go there. And you see a keg of beer. Are you going to go in? 
You cannot do something haram in order to do something good. You can't go in. Can't help you with that. One time I had a job. I had to make posters for a hotel. They said, you need to make a poster for happy hour. Happy hour is an old thing, which is at 5.30 to 6.30. Beer is at half price or whatever. It's on sale. All right, so once you come out of work, they call that happy hour. From 5 to 6, you drink at the bar and you leave. You go home after that. So he said, the boss said to me, she said, I need you to make a poster for happy hour. All right. So the next day, I said to her, I can't, I can't do that. Right? I said, it's against my religion. She said, don't drink. Just make the poster. I said, I can't be involved in the process, no matter what the process is. They brought me in to the manager. She said, I can't have a guy, right, who can't, make, who, who can't do what I'm telling him. He said, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm not making a poster for happy hour. He said, all right, you're going to have to resign your job. I said, okay. I left the job. Right? You cannot do something good by doing something bad. So the sign that you're sincere is that the first sign is that all of your actions are halal. Number two, the second sign is that you have good relations with the people you work with or the people in your life. You have good relations with them. Okay? You can't be coming and saying, all right, uh, I want to go take a class in the masjid. And then all day, okay, all day, your mom is asking you to empty the dishwasher. One thing, empty the dishwasher, and you refuse to do it. Right? Then why are you taking the class? Is for Allah? Right? Or for, for, for what? He's only taking it for Allah. Well, Allah is watching you. And when you deal with people, you have to have good relations with people. Right? Indicates your sincerity. Okay? Indicates your sincerity. Imagine someone's going to Jum'ah, and this happens all the time. People are going to Jum'ah. And what do they do? They double park. Blocking someone else. Or driving to Fajr, cutting people off. Right? Doesn't make sense. On your way to do the good, you have to treat people well. Right? This is number two. Number three, the sign that you are doing something from Allah is that in your deepest heart of hearts, it feels great. This is the sign that you're doing something for Allah. If your intention changes, okay, then you're not doing it for Allah. Your intention has to be good. Okay? Hamza, come here for a second. When your intention is good, you feel good. If your intention changes to be showing off, you feel stressed out, you feel upset, you're going to start feeling heavy. Remember what I'm saying? It's time to bring this next up. Okay. Uh, I just want to make a general announcement too. If you are part of the Explorers class, Ali is now here. He just arrived. He's walking through the doors right now. So if you're part of the Explorers class, can you please bring your stuff in the chair to the other side of where that, where that chair is right back there? All right, raise your hand if you signed up for Explorers. So old Explorer students, we'll be back with Ali when he's right there. All right, good. All right, so point number three, 6C, is what? When you do something for Allah Azza wa Jal, 
okay? If your intention is pure, you feel good. When your intention is, is sour, it doesn't feel good. Ali, switch it. Put your back to the table. Yeah, switch it around. Switch the students and the teachers. Put your back to the table. Yeah. Have them turn around and face the Qibla. Whenever you sit in a halakha, the students always face the Qibla and the teachers back to the Qibla. All right. We have two more. Should we do them now or next week? Huh? Let's see if they're long. It's, it's one of these. All right, let's do them now. Number seven. All right, this is good. What is the origin of this hadith? Why did the prophet stand on the pulpit and say, actions are by intentions? Whoever does an action for Allah, he gets his reward for all, from, Allah and his, from Allah. And whoever has made the migration from Mecca to Medina for some worldly gain or to marry a woman, then that's what he gets. Why? One of the best deeds that the companions could do in the time of the Prophet was to migrate from Mecca, where they were being attacked, to Medina. Right? But there was a man whom they found out he never really wanted to do the migration. But he was in love with a woman named Umm Qais. And Umm Qais said to him, if you want to marry me, you have to make the migration to Medina. So he migrated. So they called him the migrator of Umm Qais, the one who emigrated just for the sake of Umm Qais. Right? And they would laugh at him. Okay? And say, you just, you didn't migrate for real. You only emigrated. You didn't emigrate for real. You emigrated just for Umm Qais. Okay? So the Prophet then made this announcement. He said, if you make an action, it has to be for Allah's sake. Any act of worship, has to be for Allah's sake only. Okay? And my emigrating from Mecca to Medina is a big act of worship. Huge act of worship. Okay? Number eight. Can we make multiple intentions for one action? Can we make multiple intentions for one action? The answer is yes. You can make multiple intentions for one action. For example, if your neighbor is sick, you can go visit him with the intention to fulfill the sunnah of visiting the sick, to bring him some food, to make him feel brotherhood and love, to see if his family needs help, to remind him to have patience, to remind him that sickness removes sins, to lift his spirits, and other things. So, the intelligent person will get a separate reward for all of that, even though he's actually doing one, re one action. So you can get 10 rewards for one action. All right? So this is why it's very important for you every time you take an action. For example, when you come to the masjid, you come with the intention to learn, intention to pray, intention to encourage other people, intention to see other people and, and make them feel good. If you make someone feel good, feel included, feel uplifted, you get a good reward. Right? You get rewarded for that. All of these things that you could list many intentions for one action, okay? Many intentions for one action, okay? So that's it. And that's number eight, that you can make multiple intentions for one action, okay? Number nine, 
worldly benefits. Even in our worldly actions, this is very good. This concept is very good. If you intend to study for your algebra exam, or you intend to do your English homework, if you are someone who lets yourself lose your intention and then get distracted, get distracted, you're not, it's not going to work. You're going to be a failure in school. If you're one of those people who they're going to go study for algebra, but then they find themselves, oh, uh, someone just sent me a snap. Let me go snap back. Someone sent me a text. Let me text back. Oh, I remembered. My mom just got Cheerios. Let me go make a bowl of Cheerios so I could study. Or uh, the neighbor just walked out. Let me go say hi. You've got someone who's got ADD or something. And you got to fight that. Don't say, oh, I have it. Let me just take a pill. No, fight it. You need to fight it yourself. You need to say to yourself, what did I intend? I intended to sit and do this assignment. I'm not going to be distracted. Do not let yourself be distracted. Okay? You have to fight this. All right? You have to fight it within yourself. Okay? And it takes practice. But if you can focus, you can succeed. If you cannot focus in life, you will not succeed. Simple as that. Who here wants to be a failure in life? Raise your hand. You want to be a failure in life? Then don't, don't focus. Don't focus. Every time, five, every two seconds, you got to pick up your phone. Every two seconds, oh, let me check the, my email. Oh, let me check my this or my that. Oh, let me get a snack. This is the latest thing. Anyone who sits and studies, what's the first thing yourself is going to tell you? I can't study like this. I need some M&Ms. Go get some M&Ms, right? I can't study. I need to go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. You are someone who's like a pinball machine, back and forth. What do you need to be? You need to be like a bowling ball. Go straight down the aisle and knocks out all the pins. So this, we learn from this. Actions are by intentions. All right, any, any questions? Raise your hand if you have any questions. Yes, now it's time for questions and answers. Everyone needs to come closer because now that the, that group is here, just bring your, come closer and come this way. Boys, come this way. And Vince, Vince, come over this way. Okay, come closer because we can't be too loud. Come on, come closer. All right, if you have a question, you need to come up and say it into the mic so that the person can hear. Go, talk into that. I'm pretty sure everyone else has, like, you don't say answer. I just missed one and two because we came late. You need one and two? You came late? This is hadith number one. The first point we said is actions of our two type of a, are of two types, mundane, which is all actions that people do. Muslim, kafir, everyone, good and bad, they do these things. Like what? We all go, we eat, we sleep, we work, we have jobs, we say hello to people, we hold the door. All mundane actions. And there is ritual worship that only a Muslim would do. Okay, mundane acts of worship. Uh, in mundane actions, everyone gets the reward in this life. But only if you make the intention, you get the reward in the next life. Number two, the, uh, B, 1B, is ritual worship. 
is not accepted by Allah unless you make the correct intention. If you don't make the correct intention, and if your intention is to show off, it's called the riya, and it's a big problem, a huge sin. Right? To do an act of worship, like prayer, for the sake of other people to see you. Okay? For the sake of other people to see you. So we only can take an action, and do an action, all right, of worship with the right intention. That's number one. Number two, what this hadith does not mean. This hadith does not mean, okay, that any, that just because I had a good intention, that Allah has to accept it. That is not acceptable. Alright, that is not acceptable. It is not acceptable that you just, just because you're sincere, you think Allah is going to accept it? No. We have to check if our action is correct or not by studying fiqh. Okay, by studying fiqh. Any other questions? What else we got here? Huh? You good? Everyone's good? Alright. You're going to... Everyone gave their email to Hamza? You're going to get an invitation to something called Canvas. Alright? You're going to go on there and you're going to find the first... The notes of this lecture there on Canvas. Alright? If you have any questions, you put it up there. You're also going to find a link to this class, okay, uh, there as well, the audio file. You'll find that there by tonight or tomorrow. Okay? Alright. If you don't have any questions, then you can go help yourself to a snack over there, alright, and bring it back. Inshallah. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Mashhadu an la ilaha illa. Astaghfirullah.